We know about trends or other opportunities before anybody else does. So we can mitigate a lot greater risk. It's kind of like being an insider trading yeah. in the stock market. If, if, you knew all, if you knew everything that was gonna happen, you'd have a competitive advantage. So that's the kind of correlation we're willing to accept. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. So today we're here talking about uh, Ray Dalio's concept of the holy grail of investing and that his video is available on YouTube, but essentially it talks about this idea that if you have one asset that has a 10% return or you have a basket of 15 to 20 assets that have a expected return of 10% and how you get a greater return overall by having that basket of assets. Yeah. So it's this idea of diversification and the lower correlation you have the greater the expected return. So that prompted the question, what does this look like for real estate? And what does this look like for our portfolio? Yep. And I think that's what we're gonna to talk to you today. Let's start with the first idea, which is that uh, invest in areas where, where you're smart. So we start by uh, having a very correlated approach to where we invest, and that is we invest in Northern California very specifically. And uh, so we start by uh, working in an area that we've been in a long time, we have a lot of relationships in, and we understand very deeply. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, on the one hand, that is correlation by definition, yeah. right? We're, we're buying assets that are in a very specific geography. Um, but that's a correlation we're willing to accept, and the reason is because we're trading risk because of our knowledge. Yeah. We're market experts in that geography. We know the ins and outs. We know about trends or other opportunities before anybody else does. So we can mitigate a lot greater risk. It's kind of like being an insider trading yeah. in the stock market. If, if, you knew all, if you knew everything that was going to happen, you'd have a competitive advantage. So that's the kind of correlation we're willing to accept. So how do we then apply that to decorrelating as we're buying in our uh, portfolio? Yeah. I, I'd start with adding one more thing to the correlation side, though, which is that there's about 20 broker relationships in the various markets and submarkets. And every week we get a, a fountain of deals, most of them off market, that we then select from. So we have a broad uh, geography that's um, and group of people that are very invested in, in ours and the firm's uh, success. Yeah. So uh, on the decorrelating, yeah, you know, we start by looking at um, our portfolio, and we look at our portfolio and the the various assets that we have: apartments, office retail, industrial. Right. And we're, we're balancing both the current return profile, because if we can invest in a particular asset, but it ha yields a low return, that's not an asset that we're pursuing. Right. But then we also look at, do we have too much concentration of a particular type of product? Right. So we tend to invest in themes. So we allocate by asset type, but we think of themes first. What are the trends that we want in our portfolio? For example, uh, during COVID, large populations uh, moving from the Bay Area towards Sacramento. That was a trend that was happening uh, before COVID, but was exacerbated during COVID. Um, how about uh, office uh, tenants moving from downtowns into adjacent submarkets? That's a trend that uh, we've been working on for a long time. Another um, counter trend is during COVID, I think everybody spent more time on Amazon, more time buying. Yeah. Uh, and, and because of that, the in vogue or in favor asset type was industrial or is industrial. And that continues to be bid up to these 
levels where we feel like the return that we're able to garner for the risk that we're incurring yeah. isn't worthwhile. Or diversified shopping centers. Uh, we're not yeah. currently investing heavily in shopping yeah. centers, but uh, we currently own shopping centers and previously invested in shopping centers with large government tenancies, because yep. those are very sticky, healthcare, dialysis, restaurants, yep. um, everyday use, salons, and that sort of thing. But uh, creating that right mix too has also been been great. So. Uh, we invent. We, so we start with being in an area where smart, uh, uh, adding themes to that, and then allocating in advance. So as we plan for our next year, we think about how are we going to allocate? How much uh, office? How much retail? How much industrial? Yep. Uh, how much multifamily? So um, yeah. yeah, and so uh, this next year, uh, we we continue to see the the theme of uh, office space uncertainty playing out. Um, so we we think that that's a, a worthwhile theme to invest in. We see a, a tailwind in our market as it relates to multifamily, as people move out of the um, urban geographies adjacent the Bay Area or Southern California and they move into our geography. So those are a couple of themes that we're investing around yeah. coming into 2021. So at this point, we uh, diversify by submarket and asset type. So uh, within our geography, there's dozens and dozens of submarkets um, and we w- we hopscotch a little bit. We find ones we believe in, we invest, and we uh, incubate there, uh, and we learn. So, for example, in Greater Sacramento, we've got a few buildings in one submarket, and currently we're working on a building in Folsom. And we're going to let those other buildings incubate. We're adding tenants, we're de-risking them, we're improving the assets, and we're working on another submarket. And at, at the same time, we're watching this one closely, and we're learning. Uh, and, and then we might switch back or we might move over this way a little bit, but uh, we, we keep uh, triangulating in on themes and assets that really work for us. And we work to be at the very uh, leading edge of those themes. And because we're actively investing all the time, yeah. we're, we're on the front end of these trends and we see them before other people do. We also look at kind of the, I guess you could say the class of the neighborhood. Um, so whether it be in this case, office or multifamily um, at other times, other assets, we look at, uh, at times we want to uh, be in a neighborhood that is higher income, more affluent, because that brings some level of risk profile. But then we also look at neighborhoods that are more working class or more class B, because that provides some diversification as the market changes. Yeah, yeah. so especially in multifamily right now, we're working at more, um, a little bit more working class or a little bit middle, more middle market. Uh, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other groups that are chasing that the higher end, so we're seeing more opportunity there. But uh, in everything we do, we work to go in and make it more valuable and more desirable than what we started with. So commonly, we'll look for a, a, an asset a, 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 an asset that doesn't match its geography, an asset that's a mm-hmm. few steps behind its location. And our job is to take that asset which has been neglected and bring it up to uh, being worthy of its location. So that, that's another key part of our investing is that we add value to everything we do. So, you know, there's, there's a riding the top of the wave, which is riding the macro trends or the micro trends. But then there's the activist, the value add, the middle of the wave where we, we have a, a top line trend we believe in. But then we go in and we take something that we can buy at a discount because of current problems that we know how to yeah. solve. So now we've got what we believe is a tailwind or a wind at our backs pushing us with the macro. And we've got an, an activist strategy that we're really good at doing, and that uh, de-risks the, the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'd say one other layer of our 
kind of decorrelating assets is tenant mix. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we're very conscious about the type of tenants, particularly as we're working in office or in retail or in industrial, the type of industries that they're in. Um, and as much as possible, we try and cultivate a diversification in the asset base. So for instance, we've made a, a large investment into a single tenant state of California leased building. Yeah. But then we also, uh, at this, you know, a few months later, we made an investment into a building that has a lot of, you could say, maybe mom and pop offices. Yeah. Um, so you get that uh, decorrelation between those two different industries. Right. Well, what's important is that we're working more than one strategy at a time. So with the single tenant large state asset, well, it's a headquarters building, it's brand new. There's a lot of reasons we, we really believed in this asset, but at the same time, it opens up a, a broader relationship with the state, which will keep working uh, for many years to come in addition to four or five other office strategies. So it, it gives us another, uh, another uh, golf club to swing, so to speak, or another option. Well, I think maybe we uh, end with the, the Ray Dalio idea of do the simple thing. Find 15 to 20 uncorrelated return streams. And I th in many ways, that's our strategy. 15 to 20 uncorrelated return streams. Now, we're not uncorrelated in the same way that Ray is, but we're also activists in that we're actively adding value to the assets that we have. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and to borrow from Warren Buffett, uh, be better to have a few eggs in the basket that you watch very closely right. than to have a plethora of eggs that you can't watch so closely. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit crusadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investor's tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.